Welcome to the Healing Trauma as a Christian Mama podcast. We are your trauma mamas. My name is Danielle Elizabeth. And my name is Kelsey. And here we want to be a safe space to look at what it's like to be a Christian woman healing trauma. We want to integrate our Christian faith with psychology and trauma modalities while giving you tools and skills to support your growth and healing. Let's get into today's episode. All right. Hello. Good morning, everyone. We are here to talk to you today about the impact or the after effects that trauma can have on us. And I think a big piece of this is where people get stuck because people are like, why can't you just get over this? Or why is this still impacting you so much? Or why is it Why are two people getting impacted by the same thing differently, right? Mm -hmm. That and maybe sometimes people are like, well, what is, what is wrong with me? Because they don't tie it back to the trauma or Mm, um, good point too, because that's something I definitely was about myself. Exactly. And so that's why we really wanted to, we thought like, we're still at the beginning of as we like untangle trauma. (laughs) So we've done like describing what it is and talking about talking about how it can go through our generations, talking about like the connection it has to our spiritual life and to sin and stuff. So we wanted to go through these kind of different areas from our biology and from a biological level, how trauma impacts us. Um, And also like um, psychologically, relationally, emotionally, and all the different effects that this could have. So today we wanted to talk Um, and we're going to start with the biological effects because this, I don't know about you, Kelsey, this like interests me so much. I love the brain. Like I, Mm -hmm. one point at point, I was like, I need to become a neuropsychologist. And my husband was like, gear down turbo. Like (laughs) what are you talking about? Um, I just find the brain fascinating and, um, just God did so like if you just look at like the brain you're just like how like there's just so much here and it all you know interconnects and all of this stuff that you're just like those are times where you're like it's really hard to deny that someone like created this absolutely I 100% agree with that and I think it's fascinating how it all it's all connected like how the the, your body your whole body communicates with your brain too or your brain communicates with your whole body and yeah, how it's all. Yeah, and I mean, both of us are learning a lot about like the vagus nerve right now and how that's what's connecting our brain to the rest of our body. And so that even actually speaks more to what we're talking about today because the effects that, like the neurobiological effects mm-hmm. from trauma and how if that impacts the brain and then <clears throat> our vagus nerve communicates that to the rest of our body, it's like this, it's a big source of um, where damage gets done. And then that damage kind of like, just, you know, continues on as a trickle effect or like a domino effect. Right. Right. And it's not, the cool thing is, is it's not completely permanent though. So that's like something you can have hope in as well. Very good point to start with, because I don't know about you, but when I read and learn a lot about this stuff, it fe- it can feel very permanent and it can feel very like, oh, like, oh my gosh, I have a damaged like 
pre like or like my prefrontal cortex didn't grow properly or you know what I mean and then you're just like now what and there's an amazing doctor I feel like I've probably sent you some stuff I don't know how much you've read about his name Dr. Amen he's like really famous now because he's like he's like he was like Justin Bieber and Miley Cyrus's um psycho or psychologist no psychiatrist yeah and that's I think what really like kick-started his fame but before that he actually had done so much work and written a lot of books and now he's like really like now all these celebrities go to him because he's kind of really done he's got he does it has this test that can look at your brain and show you so much right show you all the things we're going to talk about today actually he'd be able to show you all of this like in your brain because we could say you know most people who've encountered trauma have an large amygdala but you know I bet some people's significant trauma has made theirs you know bigger whereas maybe one person had one traumatic experience so their amygdala has grown but it's not like the same so it's like what I think those tests can show you is that like what's specifically going on in your brain yeah and you can't deny that like that's the thing like yes yeah and his I know his big thing is really trying to change the mentality on like how we talk about mental health because Mm -hmm. he's like if this is a physical brain thing it takes away the shame and it takes away the like um you know I'm not that people really say you're choosing your mental health but it's like this underlying like you know like just snap out of it right like and he's really trying to say like no look there's like actual physical reasons for this where I think I get stuck with with him and with any of these it's like it's not just like just that right like it's just you know because I think his one of his big slogans is like fix your brain fix your life and I'm like well there's a little bit more to like you know the psychological stuff and the emotional stuff and the like spiritual side of things and stuff anyway so that's like the one area that I'm like yes that's a huge piece of the puzzle right well and then as we know or I'm learning that like a lot of times it's not just your brain it's like like we're talking your whole system is what you're saying like right your gut health your you know your your vagus nerve health and like those types of things it's all it's all connected to um so it's it's pretty amazing but I like I like that quote there's quote-unquote proof yes (laughs) you know what I mean that he's kind of proving the fact that like if you have a damaged brain or maybe a you know large amygdala it's like it's not like you said taking some of the shame out of it yeah and it's helping people understand that like mental health is real and it's not like you won't go to the doctor if you have a broken leg so I'm not saying you know your brain's quote-unquote broken it just helps people to realize that it's it's real it's not just yeah it does something to remove it a bit from like the like weight of like I'm doing this or I'm bad to like I have something that's like fueling this too right so let's talk a little bit about the the neurological neurobiological effects we've kind of learned about so one of them is like an underdeveloped prefrontal cortex so that's huge um it'd be like your reasoning logic reasoning and logic and like executive functioning I have and I was diagnosed young with ADHD and a big piece of that is your prefrontal cortex and I actually think I read or I read a study once that said um kids with or people with ADHD do have a, like a, it's a consistent along their research that they have a smaller prefrontal cortex. Um, and actually there is like, I know the, the trauma 
one of the trauma experts, um, Gaber, I can never say his right, Gaber Mate, I think yep. his name is. You can read it. You read, I read it and I'm like, oh yeah, but I say it out loud and I'm like, I don't think I said that right. But um, he talks <laughs> a lot about the ADHD and trauma connection even and in this area. Um, and I don't know where I land fully on that. I, I actually... I actually do think he's, there's a lot of merit to what he's saying, but I think there's also probably um, like other reasonings for like, it's not like every person who maybe struggles with ADHD, like right. has trauma. Although being in the trauma world, I'm like, well, everyone has some everyone level has of trauma. Some so, trauma. <laughs> and <laughs> the other piece of this, and this is such a side note, I'm not going to get us down this rabbit trail. But for me, what I realized is that a lot of my CPTSD um, symptoms are overlap with ADHD symptoms. And it's very hard to like know where one starts and where the other starts. And I actually do at one point, I was like, maybe I don't even have ADHD. Maybe I just, maybe it's just CPTSD. And it's just like, that's what's happening. Um, and this neurological biological effect is from the CPTSD, but I don't know. I do. I like, I really, I'm pretty classic ADHD (laughs) as well. So I'm like, I probably have a mixture of it all. (laughs) Right. And I do, I, not that we're going to get down there, but I do remember Bobby saying that like, really a lot of these diagnoses stem from the CPTSD. Like, mm-hmm. like that's why it's hard to even just, just not get so focused on one diagnosis and be like, that's what yeah. I am and go with it. I know. Like, and they really won't even allow the CPTSD to be a diagnosis yet. I know. Like people are fighting so in, hard in America. It. Anyways, I think there are, are a couple countries that do recognize. Oh, really? It. Yes. Oh, I should look good. that up though. So don't, <laughs> I will yeah, <laughs> don't take our word I know that in the U S they don't. And I'm sure obviously, like you said, in Canada, they don't either. Yeah. I know. Cause the, the, the diagnostic book, I guess they revamp it every so mm-hmm. often. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's a, a yearly thing or if it's a every like five year thing or whatever, but I know that I just like signed a petition because it didn't get it in again, didn't get in again. And I'm like, at this point with the day and age and research we have, like, come on people. Cause PTSD is right. Um, and you're just like, yeah, it's, it's, fr- and I think that where that really lays people struggling is because, cause it's not a diagnosis. Yep. People don't, a lot of doctors don't know about it. They won't look for it. Like, um, so then they just medicate it. Um, and, um, and then people can't get insurance if that's where they are. And it's just like, yeah, it, that yeah, is like, just, literally I could do a whole episode about that. Use all the other labels and it's yeah. not, yeah. And it's not helpful to people actually. If they yeah. could just have the one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So another, another one is a smaller than normal hippocampus, which is our like memory, long-term storage, memory storage and spatial navigation. I read once this is super actually let me do let's do the next one because i there's i read something really cool because the second the next one is in a large amygdala so our amygdala is like our like threat response system it's what tells our body like something is unsafe something is going on panic (laughs) alarm bells everything (laughs) um so this is interesting when we have like a trauma our because different parts of our brain will go on and off. And so our hippocampus will either not store the memory properly. Like it will store like pieces of it. It will store it like it will like categorize it wrong even. Um, but then our amygdala stores the emotional memory of it. 
So that's why we have so many situations where we like don't have the accurate like memory of it or the accurate like cognitive like wording or exact details of something. But our body like remembers so much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, even like our even a it's like an emotional memory almost more than not even necessarily, I'm not talking the nervous system memory stuff yet, but like, it's like this interesting piece of like, I don't know if you have experienced, I haven't, I don't have a lot of like memories of my childhood. And so I struggle with this a lot. So that's why a lot of people are like, I just can't put this into words, why something is bothering me so much, but like, I'm feeling all of these feelings, like, but I just don't know, or I have like half information I'm like, oh, I remember this. Or like, I say something to a family member and they're like, well, yeah, that happened. But like, you're remembering it as like a, you know, this like three year long thing, but it was really like, you know, a few months kind of thing. So like my like memory part of it has like distorted Mm -hmm. the facts, but the emotional piece, it's like everything is remembered. Yeah. It is so interesting how that happens. I wonder... If there's like, just like an example would be like, if you just get super triggered by something, but you're like, you have no idea, like, why is that? Is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah, I think so. And then I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not talking about the nervous system stuff. And I'm like, nah, that sounds very accurate to like how your body responds to it as well. I think what the the piece of that, what I was learning about with that um, was that like when our body remembers stuff, it's like our body and our somatic memories, but then the amygdala also has these emotional memories too. So I think it's like almost like interconnected probably, right? Cause you're, mm-hmm. you experience emotions in your body as well. So it's probably all the same. It's just that like when, if you like something happens and you get mad, like, you know, like, you know, you got really triggered and they know you're angry, but you can't figure out why you're angry, like what that's connected to. So like your body would still be reacting to it, but also you have this like emotion with it as well that you can't place like accurately or like in a category for yourself too. And sometimes you can untangle that and like, you can like get to the root of it, but then sometimes your hippocampus actually didn't the original memory did not get stored properly. So it's like, you really can't go back unless you had other people to like, be able to like walk you through it or like tell you like the accurate storyline or whatever. Okay. That makes more sense. I'm I'm just thinking like, well, we'll get into more, maybe so things that can help with those, those Mm -hmm. responses. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Cause now Um, I'm not Um, yeah. So like impaired thalamus functioning is another one. So like the thalamus is like what, um, receives sensory information and sends it to the amygdala for processing. So like, it's what like takes in our sights and our sounds and smells and gives it to the amygdala. Um, and it, so it plays a role in like your nervous system, like arousal levels too. So it's probably like, I smelled something amygdala, this is dangerous. (laughs) you know like yes and there's also good ones too right when you smell this and you're like oh that brings back so many good memories yes so that's we have to or I was reading this thing in this nervous system program I'm doing I was reading this yesterday and then I reached out to my friend who does essential oils and I was like is this true this is amazing she had this lady had found this blend that actually helps your nervous system 
And if you put it on like specific areas where you could connect to your like vagus nerve and stuff, it's like now they're like doing all this research to prove that it could help. So it's cool. It's like actually like speaking your body's language, like speaking your body's sensory language, right? Um, to try and like help in a way. And that's where I think things like smelling essential oils or smelling like, you know, things are like you see people like it's just like I'm sitting right here um, looking at it like a mountain range and it's just like so beautiful and it's just like mm, that's so nice like it's we I think we really um underestimate the the sensory piece of things yeah like on a, on a good way and a bad way like I think we also completely ignore how overstimulated we get right like so I think about how overstimulated I get by noise and I'm like I wonder how much of that is an impaired thalamus because I cannot handle anything above a certain decibel and I literally get like enraged like I get so if I'm yelling at my kids it, there is like a 90% chance it's because I'm overstimulated yep I agree with that, <laughs> that as we're saying this I'm like I definitely have an impaired thalamus yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where for me I have those like and I talk about these all the time I literally was talking to someone in like a pool the other day about it I'm like I need to start being a representative for this company <laughs> but I have those like they're like called the loop ear earplugs and I I they just take your everything down a certain decibel so you can still hear your kids so for you moms still hear me, that was the one thing I was wondering I'm like people have these things but can they still hear their kids yeah well because there's one there's one called quiet and it's more noise canceling and then there's this one called experience and so it's like it brings everything down just like a certain amount of decibels but you could still experience conversation but yeah. I have used full-on noise canceling like construction headphones that's how I started all of that and I couldn't believe how much it was helping and I literally could still hear my kids I was like wow noise canceling headphones your guys maybe, are that loud cool. maybe a podcast sponsor here in the future I know <laughs> like, seriously we should reach out to them because uh <laughs> I like literally tell everyone about them they're so amazing I'm like every mom should get these like they're just they're so amazing. Um, but I, I say that because it's like, if I actually do have an impaired thalamus, let's say, or I just get overstimulated, let's just use simple terminology yep. here. Um, if I do get overstimulated a lot, I can't like just willpower my way out of that, right? Like I've tried for years to just be like, stop getting mad when it's loud. I couldn't even, I didn't even connect it at first, but like, it's like, or I could like support that impairment in a way right like and and do things that support that and I'm like finding a lot more benefit and hope in that than just like me not having a a reaction to something I I biologically cannot control just with like my mind or my willpower yes no that's good that's good because I, you and I are the same in that area. And I think, I, honestly, I think a lot more people are, I mean, I, even my husband, same too. So it's like, it's like when we're both, like it's really yeah. loud and then we're both like, Whoa! but he like, you know, like, obviously we do it differently. He just kind of shuts down and is like, I'm not doing this and just walks away. Like me, mm -hmm. I'm like, Whoa! but <laughs> so, actually it's so interesting. Cause if you think about like nervous system states, right? Like we get, when we get overstimulated, I think that that kicks on our sympathetic or like mm -hmm. it kicks us into a different nervous system state. Like and so um, just your example there, it's like you kind of go more into that fight and he's like, goes into the flight. He's like, get yeah. me out of here. It's too much. And you're just like, I, like I'm reacting out of it in that fight mode. Um, and so yeah. it's interesting. And then actually 
leads us perfectly. Thank you for using <laughs> that lovely example because it leads us perfectly into the fact that it narr- it narrows our window of tolerance. So it's like um, mm. it allow it, like it doesn't allow us to have that like ability to sit in an overwhelming or overstimulating situation for as long as someone else, because right. our window of tolerance, which when we talk nervous system stuff, we'll really talk about what the window of tolerance is, but it's yep. really just our capacity to handle, <laughs> handle things, um, overwhelming things. Right. Um, and so it actually makes us stay, get activated in our like fight or flight more often. Right. So if you think of someone like who does not have I don't want, it's hard to say does not have trauma, but that will just be our, like, or someone who maybe who has healed a lot of their trauma (laughs) and someone who has not in the same situation of like, let's say they get overstimulated. One's going to like be kicked into their parasympathetic quick. And the other one's going to be able to like, you know, either even resource themselves right quicker. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like allow themselves to like stay in that, like good nervous system state. Right. No, that's, that's good. Cause not everybody. Yeah. Like, cause you might be in different spots in your healing, or maybe like you said, we talked earlier on that. Maybe the trauma didn't affect this part of them. Sure. Yes, much. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. And that's, yeah. Good. I don't um, know. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just um, reading like more about, cause there's other um, physical effects too, that um, we talked about in this area too. So like, and this is actually mean you were talking about this last night, just like the inflammation, right? Like, so systemic inflammation, um, mm-hmm. hair trigger, autoimmune responses, um, autoimmune diseases. Um, yep. They have connected so many autoimmune diseases to trauma, like um, fibromyalgia, thyroid problems, like even like diabetes and heart disease and stuff like yep. And like celiac, which would be like a, you know, a gut, a gut thing. And yeah, like the gut, I'll let you talk all about the gut stuff. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm still learning, but I, it's really intriguing. I think this is like what really, like where I glom on to is like the physical part of like the, the trauma, because our bodies are just so overloaded that it's like, they're like, basically, it's basically fighting against itself. And that's why a lot of these like autoimmune stuff, that's what an autoimmune disease really typically is. I'm not a doctor, of course, but it is, it's just basically your body, like fighting against itself too hard and end up with these unfortunate, like physical ailments that I don't know, can sometimes be reversed. Um, but again, Mm -hmm. I'm no doctor. So yeah, I think it's just the what is super interesting is we're seeing so much of the like the connections. Like there's a lot of people who are doing some really cool research to be able to connect these things. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. which I think personally gives a lot of hope. Like I know people, um, I know a few different people who like have been diagnosed now with fibromyalgia mm-hmm. and spent years getting like a hundred different diagnoses or being kind of just written off by like, cause it's just, they couldn't, couldn't put it. And then they get this diagnosis, but I don't think there's a lot of hope in the diagnosis. Like, I think it's, there's some answers, but I don't feel like when you get diagnosed with something like that, they're just like, Oh, great. We have, this is the complete protocol. And it's going to just like help you. I think like, there's like, you're going to have flare-ups and you're going to have these things. And I see people even after diagnosed still struggling along, um, 
with all of the symptoms and stuff. And so um, I, I actually know people who have been diagnosed with it and they've made the trauma connection. They're like, I know that this is from all of this like unhealed stuff in me. Um, and I think now that they're making this connection, they're starting to see people as they like, as they um, process a lot of their stuff are finding this like relief from, <laughs> from some of the symptoms. And it's hard to say because when you get into the physical aspect of it, cause it's like, if the, if, if the trauma has caused something, but then that has caused more problems, mm-hmm. it might have some, some lingering effects. Like it may not be like, yeah, you just never have, you know, right. <laughs> heart disease again, but right. it might, it might change what that looks like, especially if you didn't do it, if that makes sense. No, it does because maybe it'll, it could, it could, could help the, like the, the damage could slow down maybe, or, mm-hmm. like, or just not, you know, like I said, like, I didn't mean to say like, it, you can reverse everything. That's not what I meant when I, it's just like, maybe it'll help from making it worse or, yeah, you know, and maybe it won't, but it's just like, if you can make the connection, maybe it'll help your just release some things yeah. from you know, so much pressure of being like, why, why is this going on? Or blaming it on, you know, just, just genetics, which obviously that does play a role too, but yes, it it can just help. I don't know. I don't know if I'm even on the right track there, but no, no, no. You think you are. Um, yeah. And I think like what, how we would want to leave this too, is that with like hope because like, um, and I think that's where you're going there, but (laughs) like even at the end of what we were talking about in our program, we're like, was talking about like the neuroplasticity and how we can, we retrain our brain to function in new healthy ways. Um, it does take work and it does take a reverse engineering and repetitive process, but it's like, there's still hope in that. Right. Like, Um, and, and I look at what you do with, um, the mental wellness supplements and it's like all about repairing gut and inflammation and all of this stuff. And it's like, that also is a piece of, of hope and repair to our system. I think the biggest piece though, too, is that, and this is where I think a lot of people go is they're like, they start with wanting to like repair, like, they're just like, okay okay, I've heard the the trauma connection. So now I'm going to like take all these supplements or I'm going to do brain plasticity work and neuro, like, you know, um, like different, there's all these different ways that you can do that in a sense of like, there's neurofeedback, there's biofeedback, there's like all these different like things that you can do. But Mm -hmm. it's like, and we were talking about this last night, like if you don't actually deal with the trauma, the source of it, it's like, you're kind of, you're doing all these great things, but it's like something's still going to be fueling the the damage. And yep. it's like, you do have to actually process that and deal with that first. And then all of that can just be so helpful. And you, I guess you could do it at the same time. It's not like, yeah. don't take supplements. Cause that's what I was just going to say. Like, so you're, <laughs> till you're are, for no. sure you dealt with all the trauma because <laughs> healing is such I'm, a like, process. Yeah. You might be doing that for a long time. Cause I'll just say to my own thing. I mean, I've been dealing, working through trauma for a long, long, long time. And I get, I put the, you know, there's like puzzle pieces that you always, you're always going to put more puzzle pieces in there, but yeah, like sometimes, and, and what I, that's why I'm so passionate about these supplements is because 
literally some people just don't even feel good enough to even try to like yeah address the stuff and so like if you can just get yourself to a point where you're like okay I'm feeling good enough to where I can I don't know even just talk about this or just process this one thing I don't know my motto is just like feel better to do better so it's like it's just little steps and I'm not saying like again these are you know supplements and whatever else are not cure-alls but it's like if you can just get to a point where you're like okay Whew, I I feel like I can breathe. Yeah. Maybe I can process this. Yeah. Or- because this uh, that step is so emotionally, physically, mentally, yeah. emotionally, spiritually heavy, Exhausting. right? Like it's it's all the pieces of you. And it and it's a it's such an up and down journey. So if you are yeah. like just at the bottom of the bottom to to go on the up and down of a of a healing journey is could be too much without yeah. finding a little bit more stability before you do that. Right. So I think that that is such a good point sometimes. And sometimes, sometimes these can be all done simultaneously, right? Like absolutely. Yes. You could be yes. doing supplements. You could be doing something like neurofeedback or whatever and working with a trauma therapist, right? Like, it's just like, it, it, it doesn't have to be, it's whatever you have the capacity for and what you want to incorporate into your own journey. I think that's the, these healing journeys have to be so personal to your own experience that you're dealing with and what you can handle. Like sometimes it's like, we have the capacity for like one thing at a time. And sometimes it's like, you're like in that caterpillar phase where you're just like, you're eating all of it up. You're just like, give me all of the different things. Give me the books, give me the podcast, give me the, you know, doctors, give me like whatever, right? Like I can handle that right now. So it's just very much accepting where you're at and what you can handle. But I really, really like that. Like we really do need to have an element of like feeling good before we can really, and not feeling good in the sense of like, we're going to be feeling right. Amazing, but just even a baseline, right. Or just like, even like, a, am going to do this. And I have this little bit of renewed strength to do for this journey. Just getting your body, just kind of communicating with itself because I, I mean, with all this, we all, we know that they got in the brain and the heart, all those, they all communicate with each other. And so yeah. one's offline, then it's just going to be a little exactly figure, you know, but, and then obviously we know that within this healing journey, not everybody wants, not everybody really wants to be helping themselves too. So that we have to yeah. remember, can't like push somebody yes. um, that yeah, does not really want it. Yeah. So it's respect where they're at, because especially if you've like lived in the freeze response forever, you're very apathetic too. Yeah. And, and very like, I know a lot of people who, um, they really do not believe that this healing journey could provide, like, it's like, maybe that's, maybe you could have healing, but I can't, right? Like, it's not possible for me. I don't really have that belief that that would work for me because mm-hmm. life has taught me I get the crappy end of the stick all the time or life has taught me that like, you know, I've tried before and nothing has worked. Right. So there is, yeah, I think it's very important. We need to just like meet people where they're at as well. Um, because especially like people like us who have been on a healing journey and seen some freedom and peace that you get and some, some, all these great results, even though we're both still very much (laughs) on the journey ourselves. Um, it's easy to like, want to be like, shout it off the rooftops and make everyone want to do this. Yeah. But there's so many people that are like, nope. 
I think I actually read a statistic and I think it was by Dr. Amen. Amen, sorry. He said that I think there was it was like only like 20% of people who have had tra- trauma in their past like go to the post trauma or the what is that? It's a post traumatic growth. Like yeah. they actually get into that stage. Like only it's a small percent. Yeah. And like we want to make that a bigger percentage. Is I think that's yeah. why we're so passionate about this because we want that percentage to be bigger, but it's it's really quite sad that it is. And I, I so agree. That's a perfect way, perfect thing to bring up because, and we'll do like a whole episode that we say this about everything <laughs> every about. time, sorry, um, <laughs> of, of that post-traumatic growth, because I feel like both of us, we've talked about this before. That is where so much hope lies. Right. And so much, and like a bit of a like goalpost of like, as you're moving forward and you're going to have post-traumatic growth in, in different areas. Right. Like I could really be like, yes, I'm, I'm operating. Like I have found good and purpose and and good has come from this in this one area, but over here, I'm still really healing. So it's like, not even like this one big overall, it's like almost like everything in our healing journey is like its own little pathway, its own little journey. Yep. And we have to remember that life is messy and there's always going to be more stuff that comes up. So, yeah. And I actually think, I think God does that purposely there's so many things that like came so in my original healing journey I felt like it was like Pandora's box that's what I kept saying I was like it just keeps coming out and I just keep realizing there's more trauma and there's more stuff here and then I kind of worked through a lot of that and then like two years later more stuff came up and I was like if that had come up in the original thing like that would have debilitated me yep I would have never been able so I do think that there God has a hand in like what gets revealed and he's like okay you're a bit stronger now you can handle this now like I would not even if that was if even if what came up two years later was the only thing that came up the first time that would have debilitated me like I was not strong enough for that so um yeah I think that 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 just speaks to why the healing journey is so not linear too because it's just like it's not all going to come up and you're not going to have all the answers right away and it's just like working with where you're at And so, yeah, so anyways, we do hope that this biological piece of it might be another puzzle piece for you, another puzzle piece to be like, oh, maybe just take a deeper look into it, maybe. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We always leave it on the same note, asking you this very important question. Do you have the support you need in your healing process? If the answer is no, reach out to anyone, including us, because it is a lie that you need to stay stuck. Healing is available and possible for you. Have a great week.